Coming up on the latest edition of the Aztec Breakdown podcast, Carly and Austin are back. We're going to go over our Saturday doubleheader up in San Juan Capistrano, then make making our way down to the football game for senior night. Don't forget to rate, like, and review, do all that kind of good stuff. I did just want to talk about real quick uh, before we get started here. Um, you may have noticed that Carly and I have been super quiet. Maybe you haven't. That's okay if you haven't. Uh, that's because our seven-year-old nephew, Max, recently passed away, and it's been a devastating time for our family, and we just took a minute to kind of take a step back, be with them the last couple of weeks, and really just, just focus on that, um, obviously, because that's the most important thing. Uh, in terms of Aztec breakdown, ever since Carly and I started doing this, Max was you know, one of our, you know, most consistent listeners, they've listened to every show. I know he asked my sister-in-law, Katie, to play, you know, the new episodes as they come up. And as, as much as I'm sure as he loved learning about, about the Aztecs, it was really about hearing his uh, favorite INT Carly, uh, you know, just, it made him feel like she was in the room, uh, that we were kind of hanging out there and they would, they would listen to us and, I just know how much he loved listening to the podcast and, you know, something we appreciated, something that we thought was funny. And, and it's just, uh, just been a really tough time. So this one is dedicated to my guy, Max. And uh, yeah, let's, let's start the show. Shepard was asking for it for three. Well, he popped it, didn't he? He was begging. Oh, what a play by Max. To Watson, sees a lane, takes it underneath, Montana three, This is a clinic. This is Aztec basketball. Man, what a weekend. 2-0 on a Saturday. The Aztecs won a thriller against Cal. Then they actually beat Fresno to cap the season off, although disappointing, a great win uh, Saturday night at Snapdragon. Carly, are you ready to talk about the W against Cal? Yes, definitely. I have to say I did not expect us to go 2-0 yesterday. I wasn't expecting us to go 2-0 yesterday either. I will say, though, it was kind of the opposite. I was expecting kind of a nail-biter if we were into it with football and then kind of a blowout in basketball, and it was definitely flip-flopped. <laughs> um. All right, so let's get into it. So the Aztecs won the SoCal Showcase against Cal, 76-67 in overtime. Before we get into it, let's talk about our experience, experience at J. Sarah High School there in San Juan Capistrano. What did you think of the venue? What was, what was your vibe? What did you think of the overall day uh, for the SoCal Showcase? I mean, it, it definitely gave me some Maui flashbacks, which is kind of fun. It was about a year ago that we were at the Maui Invitational. So that was cool. You know, it's always great to see these guys up close, like watching warmups up close. We sat in a different vantage point than our normal season tickets to be able to see the guys. Um, and it was fun. I mean, it was rowdy. It was loud. I think a lot of people have talked about the imbalance of fandom. You know, there were 90 8.5% Aztec fans, which is always a blast. I will say it was when you go to these away games, you go to Vegas for the Mountain West, Mountain West tournament, you go to Maui. We went to Phoenix last year. It's kind of the same core group of people every time. Like you, you see the fee face and there were some faces there, obviously that we've seen kind of everywhere in our travels, but there was definitely a different contingency of all the Orange County alums there. And it was, there was a lot of like teenagers with them, like their, their kids with, with our other older alumni 
and it was definitely a different group of people, which was cool to see. Uh, definitely a lot of Maui vibes in the small gym. The only difference was, is there's a concourse above the bleachers where people were kind of hanging out. Uh, so it wasn't as jammed as it possibly could have been, which thank God, cause those bleachers were tight enough as it is. And there was still probably 500 people on top of the concourse, but I would prefer personally to play in a place like that or in the Lahaina civic center than a completely empty footprint center. In Phoenix, sure. wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. When we played in Phoenix, that was sad. You know, it just it people don't show up in the same way, and so it's definitely fun to pack a place. You know, our guys they talk about time and time again how much they feed off the fan energy, and we were serving it. Yeah, I mean, I think even at the the Continental Tire Tire main event thing, it was pretty empty. I mean, it was loud. It was definitely better than say the Phoenix thing, the Phoenix tournament or whatever showcase, whatever you want to call it, but just packing a smaller gym and then just seeing to get those, seeing those guys up close and personal for 45 bucks. I mean, that's a pretty good value in the terms of major collegiate sports. Yeah. You want to know what I found most entertaining actually being so close and directly across from the coaching staff. And we were actually directly across from the Cal coaching staff where we were sitting. Um, you don't appreciate the, the frantic energy and maybe this is unique to them, but it was really interesting watching them coach. I mean, Mad Dog, I mean, they don't call him Mad Dog for anything, Mark <laughs> Madsen. And he was going bananas all game long. Where Dutch kind of sat back, he lets his assistants do his thing. It was definitely a contrast of like guy who's been there forever versus Mark Madsen's first year at Cal. And there was a total contrast in styles, which was interesting. But it was a it was a pretty good experience overall. I, I enjoyed it. Well, and for us, you know, we like we like the drive down, right? We got a we got a pit stop on our normal drive down from LA. Uh, couldn't have been more convenient in that regard. And I think generally everybody that was there seemed pretty happy. So. I will say, and I called this before we got there, that I knew this game was going into overtime because they knew we, there were so many people there uh, trying to get to the football game. And there were surprisingly a very good amount of people trying to get to the football game uh, at the end of that one. But Carl, at the very end of regulation, Carly goes, oh, are we going to lose that? I go, absolutely not. This game's going to go into overtime because they know we have a football game at 7.30. Like, that's just that's just the way it was meant to be. Clockwork. Yeah, it would have been nice to have a little more of a gap. But hey, we made Hey, we still may kick off, so... <laughs> All right, let's get into the game. Uh, Once again, the Aztecs beat Cal 76-67 in overtime. Carly, what is your headline? We're still the best in the West. And it's just fun to play schools, you know, A, Pac-12, Pac-2, whatever you want to call them. Uh, Hey, we beat an ACC school, by the way. Fair, We beat an ACC school. let's be technical. Cal, Uh, Duke, same difference. (laughs) Um, You know, I'm glad we're getting our shot at Gonzaga this year. It's just really fun to maintain that dominance that we've seen. Uh, Yeah, and keep proving ourselves. I I don't think other fans that don't see us a lot really know how into it we are. Because once again... Just like the USC game at the Anaheim Convention Center, the Cal fans kind of took our best punch right to start the game, and they got extra into it because they were annoyed by us, which was hilarious. There was this one; she was a fan, maybe she was a parent. She was kind of, she was in that parent section, and she was trying to get them the the two percent of Cal fans that were actually there compared to the ninety eight percent Aztec fans. She was so fired up and like trying to get them super loud and. They did. They were small but mighty, especially once they tied the game there at the end of regulation. Yeah, they had a few moments, and I think there were a few moments where I was like holding my breath, where I lost some momentum in the cheering. But luckily, again, best in the West. Best in the West. All right, I think my headline is just Aztecs win slugfest against Cal. 
Um, there was just a million fouls that game. It just was super physical. Um, you know, compared to the just up and down style that the Aztecs played against Washington, where they had 81, there was 81 possessions that game. The Aztecs showed that they can still play how we have the last couple of years, where if you want a slugfest with us, we're more than happy to give it to them. And, you know, just a, just a great job gutting one out where there was just, I mean, the Aztecs had 37 free throws. Um, there were, well, I'm adding it up here. There were 25 fouls on Cal and the Aztecs had 15. So what is that? 40 fouls all game. That's a minute per, that's a foul per minute. Felt like it. Felt like it for <laughs> sure. So, you know, we can play That's the nice thing about this team is so far this year is we can play so many different styles. You want us to play fast, run and gun. We'll do that. You want us to shoot a bunch of threes. We can do that. You want to have a rock fight. We're more than happy to oblige you. And I think the just overall way this ways that they can adapt to different styles is a really good thing to see because last year we kind of just played one way, but we made it work for us. But we, this year, I think we can play a couple different styles and, um, you know, the Aztec teams haven't always had that. Yeah. I mean, we're definitely getting a lot thrown at us early in the season, you know, between the overtime games and, you know, we've been thrown a couple different types of zones in these last few games. We're getting ourselves really ready, which, you know, that's what we always joke. Dutch refers to this as the preseason and conference is the real season. And so uh, he's running them through the gauntlet and it's just going to benefit them down the road. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, let's get into some of the guys. Um, let's talk about the MVP of the game, Reese Waters. He had 24 points, seven rebounds, six, 11 shooting two of three from the three point line, 10 for 10 free throws. And he had 40 minutes. Just what are you feeling about Reese Waters? This guy is an Aztec. He I is. mean, I can't even tell you. Actually, I can. I've been telling you this for the last few weeks. I'm loving him. I'm just so happy with how he's slotted into this team. He's playing so well. He's such a pure shooter. He just looks like one of us and it's been Well, funny. the pure shooter, maybe not as much, but he's <laughs> just very long. He's got the sleeves like Jamal Franklin. Yeah. Uh, Akil Quinn is, you know, very pro Reese Waters. I know he's been commenting on some of the stuff on, on Instagram, which is great to see. You just love to see the, just kind of the Aztec family grow like that, but you're right. He looks and feels like an Aztec. He plays great defense and. I just I couldn't be happier for the guy. He just looks so thrilled, yeah, about winning that MVP and what he's able to do. And this is the shot he was looking for. We gave it to him. And what I think has been so interesting is to see how much USC is struggling. And I wonder what I haven't watched them play much, but I do wonder how much they're missing him. No, for sure. I mean, they brought in a couple of wings, and it was the you know Reese definitely saw the writing on the wall and. He's taking advantage of it. I mean, I don't, I don't have it in front of me here, but I'm pretty sure he didn't miss a shot in the first half. And when they were running the dribble handoff where he kind of curled around and shot that mid-range jumper from the elbow, I thought he was going to make every single one. And I'm pretty sure he did to a certain point, but he was just, I mean, he was just cash money. And I think it's true. A couple people have posted that he's not missed a free throw yet this season. I think that's correct. It's pretty impressive. Well, that's not very Aztec either, especially if you were <laughs> to read some of the message boards. So... Well, you know, new brand. I like it. All right. Let's get to the National Player of the Year candidate, Jaden Ledee. He had 19 points, 6 of 13 from the field, 7 boards, 7 of 10 from the free throw line. He played 42 minutes, which is crazy. He didn't sit in the second half. I was watching, and I kept telling Carly, I don't think he's going to sit. I don't think he's going to sit. We couldn't let him. Um, He's about to get the Shaq treatment. I mean, 
he's the number one guy in the scouting report now. He's, you know, they were just hammering him. They brought in three different guys to give up as many fouls as they could to him. Um, and he is just a beast. And when he wants to take that little pull-up mid-range jumper, which personally, if he's touching the three-point line, I just want him to shoot the three or like make a little bit more, move, make one more move to get to the elbow. I, I, I don't particularly care for the one where he's, his foot's still touching the three-point line. Um, just from like, that's just me being a metrics dork and like being like, just take the three at that point. You hated it when Matt Bradley did it too. I did. I didn't like it when Matt Bradley did, but when he drills him, like, who am I to say? Like, he's just, but he is just a beast. He's starting to get, he still had a lot of free throws this game, but he's, and he definitely still draws a lot of fouls, but there will be a game where he doesn't get the calls and he's just going to get mauled all game. And we should just be as a fan base, be prepared for that game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you could tell that was their primary objective is like not let him get the ball inside. And I almost wish he would have started shooting that elbow jumper a little bit sooner because Yes, we were dying for it. At the end of the game there, they weren't they were trying to get it to the basket and draw fouls, and they were giving up taking open jumpers. And once he started taking a couple of those mid ranges, it, it loosened it up a little bit. Well, and he did it towards the end of the first half even, and I was like, Oh, finally, like this is, you know, this is what I want to see from him. So he's still, I think, settling into this leadership role. Um, but number one option, like yeah, all that kind exactly. Of good stuff. Fantastic game from him. You know, the 19 points, like where did that even come from? It felt like he was getting sat on the entire game. So to see that kind of production out of him still oh, only 19 points, he's still averaging <laughs> 25 and a half for the season at oh, 10 shucks. rebounds. Uh, he's just, he's just a beast. And yeah. I'm just so happy for him because you know, last year he comes off the bench willingly, not always the easiest thing. And he was dominant in the tournament and he was great in the tournament and talk about using that tournament as a leaping, as a, as a jumping off point for this season. Like, Oh my goodness. I mean, he's just been, I mean, he's just been fantastic. It was great. Well, I kind of laughed too. I'm like, Oh, you know, all the guys last year split so many minutes because we played such a deep bench and it's like, Oh, you want some minutes? Here you go. Yeah. 42. Seriously. <laughs> seriously. I mean, um, I think I think it'll get spread out more as the as the season goes along too. But I mean, when you're when you're that close, you just got to play your best guys, and that was that. So yeah. speaking of best guys, I mean, man, I was so frustrated on Lamont's behalf yesterday to get in that early foul trouble. You know, you can see how different we are when he's running the ship, and for him to be limited to 18 minutes was super disappointing. I'm sure he felt it. A couple of those calls really bogus. I cannot wait until we see him back in rhythm. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm hungry for it. He's, he is uh, first and foremost, let's just get it. I mean, he has still been elite, elite top 0.01% elite defender. So he's still, it's, he's still been outstanding on that front. I think he's definitely deferred quite a bit to Jaden on the offensive side, mm. which has had from a shooting perspective, I think it's, made it tougher for him to get in a shooting rhythm. Uh, and you can tell by the way he misses free throws, uh, which is not something he does because it looks great coming off his hand. When you watch him warm up, it looks beautiful. Just all the work he's put in on the shots. But I think he's focusing so much on being a floor general and his assist to turnover ratio. Dick shows that like his assist to turnover ratio has been very good this season. Um, but I think when it comes to actually shooting the ball, he's deferring a little bit more. And I think it's he's just having a hard time kind of finding that when should I let him fly? When should I find my guys? And you, you know, you talk about Dutch saying that the non-conference is the preseason. This is the perfect time for that, right? And he, 
he's going to get his way and he's going to bust one for 20, 25 points this season. Like he absolutely is. I just think he's just trying to find the way with, you know, with Reese, you know, finding him shots, getting Jaden the ball where he, he's comfortable. Elijah's taking, he's not, he's hitting Elijah on those trailer threes. So I, I'm not fretting about Lamont Butler. He's still been outstanding in a lot of ways and he'll find his shooting. I mean, he just, you know, without a doubt makes us better. So I, I will say the block that he had that set Madsen off when he was complaining about that foul was a wild moment in the game. But what impressed me most was his vertical jump. I was like, how did he get it's, that high? It's funny because that was the one, there were some, there was the cleanest, there was cleanest the cleanest one. Clean. There were some shaky calls that game that went both ways. Like there was an out of bounds call that was very obviously off the Aztecs that they, that are very obviously off the Aztecs and they gave him the ball. The, the one where Madsen got teed up was as clean as, that was the cleanest yep. straight up verticality you could do. And just so we have it here, so we know, uh, Lamont's assist turnover ratio is 3.7 assists to 1.3 turnovers. That's outstanding. You know, he is being that floor general. Just, you know, I want him to get, I want him to start making some shots. I know he, I know he's feeling frustrated by it. There was one where he was frustrated. He didn't, he didn't get the call. And it was the one time I've ever seen him be a little bit slow back, getting slow back on defense. And Dutch kind of said something and he got back into position. And it wasn't a big deal, but I just think him making a couple shots is just going to kind of give him a little bit of a jettison boost on top of his elite defense and how he's been that floor general so far this year. For sure. Anything else? Any other guys you want to talk about? Uh, I'm going to save mine for play the game. Play the game. Okay. I mean, yeah, let's, all right, let's do it. Um, oh, free throws 31 to 37 before we go. Another box score thing. 84%. Your San Diego State Aztec shot 84% from the free throw line when shooting 37 free throws. Pretty That's pretty good. awesome. Um, but, you know, I was pretty happy. Darian got 30, you know, with Darian coming off the bench, one thing I'll mention with him is he did look good running the ship. Um, he played some great defense on number 15. Mm. Uh, you know, Darian coming off the bench, I know that's got to be a pretty big transition for him, especially because it, it kind of happened because he got injured. Uh, but, you know, that's why it's important that it's okay for him to come off the bench because if Lamont gets in foul trouble, he can play 30 minutes like he did yeah. and was very effective. And Dutch went to went to him for the closing lineup. So it's not like he's not going to get big time minutes and big time moments. Yep. Absolutely. Still, still getting in there. And I think we're going to see more from him this season too. Absolutely. I mean, the guy was the most outstanding player in the South region. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's earned, he's earned that respect and that benefit of the doubt is the wrong work term, but just like, he'll be fine. Yes. Um, all right, car, let's get into our favorite plays from the game. What do you got starting us off? I have to say, like, this game was pretty sloppy. I had a little bit of trouble picking one. But I'm going to have a combo, and it's double Elijah Saunders. Okay. So, obviously, early dunk, huge. Love the alley-oop. That was pretty amazing. But also, he continues to bang those threes. And I just, between those two, I think what it says to me is just, like, the leap he's taken from last season is so satisfying. Um, and I was super bummed when he, you know, he hit that first three, came back down and immediately hit a second one. Unfortunately, they had blown the whistle. Jaden got fouled. Uh, it went right in. I was like, oh no. But um, man, I think just seeing him play like this is my favorite thing. I mean, he's shooting 35% from three, which is outstanding. It's amazing. Um, you know, Micah Paris is at 52.4%. He's been, you know, that, I mean, he's just been, he's been kind of that emotional leader out there, which I love. Um, Micah. But Micah. Yeah. And just kind of that, like, 
you know, I don't give a bleep fierce. out there, yeah. just fierce guy. And then Reese Waters is second on the team at 46.2. And then there's Elijah in third at 35.2 and three point shooting. I mean, from your power forward, you know, four slash five guy and the way that he hits those trailing threes where he's kind of behind the play and he sets up at the top of the three point line. I love it because it stretches the defense out and it really forces, it really gives more room to, to Jaden down low if he wants to be on the block. And if both of those guys kind of jump up because they see that he's trailing, that's going to leave Jaden wide open under the basket. And um, I love, 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 love what I'm seeing from Elijah Saunders. Yes. Well, and definitely after, I think, was the miss dunk he had against BYU? Washington. Washington. And okay. he's going to get one because he also had a sick block that, that last game. And, you know, his athleticism, you know, we said Rod, David Roddy 2.0. David Roddy could never, never do that almost dunk he had against Washington. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and so- I love David Roddy. Let me get this through. Like, I love David Roddy, but like, for sure. Well, I think that's too. It's part of why anytime Elijah gets a dunk, gets a dunk, I'm going to be really celebrating him. That alley oop was sick. Yes, it was. It Who was made awesome. the pass? I forgot. Lamont. Lamont got the steal in the alley. Ah, uh, yes. Good, so good talk good. about you know Lamont may have only had one point, but right there, steal. Huge play of the game. It was sure. a huge jolt in the first half. Like, and that's still that's still our guy, Lamont Butler. Yeah, we started off down five zero, right, and then we had to get going. So. Uh, these are the moments our fans live for, for sure. Just just uh, like the shot. Go buy it. It's right there on butleratthebuzzer.com. Thank you, Austin. Good plug. That is a wonderful collectible and NIL opportunity for Lamont. Holiday season. Go get your butleratthebuzzer.com. You know, a little pricey, but it's worth it. Love it. Um, what about you? What's your favorite play from the game? Okay, so there's one where... So Miles Bird is definitely our energizer buddy. He's definitely kind of taken on the AG flying all around and there was one play where i don't even think he got it but he did the full extension dennis rodman trying to save the ball where he was completely parallel with the floor Mm. trying to get it and i'm still convinced he's going to go off one game there's going to be a handful of games you know it might not always see in the stat line but he plays so hard he plays with so much joy too like lamontas like he's always just smiling having a good time like i love that about him and he just plays so unbelievably freaking hard. And I love it. I just love it. I love that play. And it was, it wasn't even something that like even made kind of a real difference. Cause it was still Cal's ball, but just to see him just fly around and um, just the way how active he is. So if it's, whether it's diving for loose balls or how he always tips, you know, gets in the passing lanes and just, you know, uses his hands. I just, I just love how active he is. And I just thought that, that just crazy dive that he had into the courtside seats was kind of a personification of that. And I just, I just love, I love, I love stuff like that. Yeah. His motor is high, high, high effort and yeah. Good things to come from him in the future for sure. I mean, I also gave you the Elijah one too. That was, that was probably my favorite play. The, those little curls though, the handoff curls from Reese Waters, those were also awesome. My, my, before I decided on the Elijah, my other one was going to be every shot Reese Waters took. So, yeah. uh, but we talked about him enough. Six so for I 11, 24 points. What kind of, a, that's a great efficiency. That's all. I mean, cause you basically, you want to have more than one point per shot and he is over two and that's just, that's just outstanding stuff. Good so, stuff. um, okay. Well, let's, let's get into Homer and Hater. in case you're new here. This is just a hot take, a rational take, whatever you want to call it, both positively or negatively get hence the Homer Hater. Um, that you have coming out of this game. So, Carly, let's start with your Homer. 
Sure. All right. Go home. Um, maybe not shocking, and I think this is well felt across our fan base, but why aren't these guys ranked? We should be ranked. That's my homer. We're good enough. We have had a tough strength of schedule. Did I steal yours? No, I okay, will say, good. though, people were kind of <laughs> complaining online, like, oh, this guy, these guys don't look, they're, you know, kind of taking it to Cal and kind of backtracked on some of that. Not our fans, though. That's yes, why I'm a no, homer. it was our fans. Oh, well, anyways, I'll be, then I'll just be a homer. We should be ranked. We've played some really tough teams. Look at BYU, you know, our singular loss. There are teams with three losses that are currently in the top 25. I mean, BYU is what, 13th in Ken Palm or whatever it is right now? So anyways, that's my homer. Rank us tomorrow. I will say, I should rephrase that. They didn't say we shouldn't. I didn't see that we shouldn't be ranked. They said we didn't look like a ranked team. Not that we shouldn't be ranked, but that we didn't look like a ranked team. A little bit different of a caveat. Messy wins are still wins. I will say too, this point was made to me at the football game. Where we also have to remember, we are the national runners up and everybody's going to give us our best shot. We are no longer the underdog. No, this is everyone's Super Bowl. Except for Gonzaga. That's the one game all season where it's not the Super Bowl for them. And so like, we're going to get everybody's best punch. And that now includes these Pac-12 teams or, well, a Big Ten team and an ACC team of like, hey, like these guys think they're hot stuff. They went to the national, and they're going to get. They're going to get. We're going to get their best efforts, and we just have this huge target on our backs now. And when a team of power five caliber athletic departments get their opportunity to scout us, and I thought Mark Madsen did a, a, an outstanding job scouting us and being ready for us. There were even a couple times where he knew what our play was. We just kind of overmatched them. Mm-hmm. Like they called it out. Like, oh, they're running so whatever elbow. I think it was on one of them, and they knew exactly what it was, and. They couldn't stop Jaden, but like these guys are going to scout us. We're going to get their best shots. And if we don't, you know, where we're not covering every game, maybe as hardcore. I think that's more of just being everybody's Super Bowl. Yeah, no, that's fair. And that's, you know, it goes back to my Homer, like give us some respect. We were in the national championship game. You know, we lose to BYU. We should not drop out of the top 25. And I think we have made a strong case for eking our way back in. So BYU is up to 10, by the way. So there you go. Thank you for reconfirming my point. Which just, you know, I hate, it's it stinks we play them so early to have to root for them the rest of the year. But... That was one of my haters. It's not oh. my primary hater, but oh. that was actually a note <laughs> I jotted down. Uh, what's your homer, though? My homer is that Reese Waters has the wettest looking jumper that's ever that's ever graced San Diego State University. Ooh. I'm sorry, Jordan Shackle. I love Jordan Shackle. It's cash money. It, his jumper is cash money, but it, Reese Waters is so just like, just so silky. It's so silky. Where Jordan Shackle is, he's like Clay Thompson, where it's so perfect from a, like a just overall form. Technical Technical standpoint, standpoint which is true. It's beautiful and it, it's wet and it goes through. The Reese Waters, it's just so butter. And I love watching it. I love watching him warm up. And I think he has the wettest jumper at San Diego State University. I like it. In the history. Yeah. I mean, when he plays basketball and when he's shooting the ball, it looks pretty effortless. It does. It does. It's just, I, I love watching him play. He's just, he's just been, I, I thought he was going to struggle, especially early in the year because everybody knew struggles. That's just a thing that happens at, at state. Like that's, that's a thing we've talked about before. It's a thing Dutch has talked about and the fact of how, I don't want to call it effortless because he's obviously put a lot of effort to fit in, but just like how instantaneous it's been, mm-hmm. I think has been just a wonderful thing to see. Yeah. I like it. 
All right. Hater. What you got? What you, what you got for your hater? Uh, so aside from the rooting for BYU thing, gross, uh, overtime, I hate overtime. That was so stressful. I don't what do you like... want? To, what do you want to tie? <laughs> no, no. I don't do want, want to... Like a, do you want I want like us a to close out games. I want us to close out games. This game, the Washington game, we had, you know, at least nine point leads with under 10 minutes to go. And my heart can't take it. It's... Well, let's, let's talk about Washington for a second because that felt a lot like Arkansas yes. and Maui. And we didn't lose that game, which is... That's true. An improve, That's an improvement. Which is an improvement from last year. So... And the same thing goes with this Cal game where... We were just, you know, we threw up enough bricks to build a house at the end of that game and still pulled it out in overtime. And in overtime, I thought that game looked more like the advantage everybody else kind of thought it was going to be. I mean, we won in a five-minute period. We won by nine. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, neither of these overtime games did we start overtime with me thinking we were going to lose. Both of those times, I was like, all right, we're going to grind Arkansas, I thought we were going to lose. When that game went oh, to overtime. last season, yeah, sure. Last season, yeah. yeah, and this season I didn't feel that way. So it's good from that regard. Even, even Creighton in the March Madness two years ago, I thought we were going to lose. Yeah. I think for me, too, it's more of just the, like, don't give people any wiggle room as far as, you know, criticizing us. It's exactly what I was just talking about and being ranked. Like, the overtime games don't do us any favors. So, like, let's put some of these teams away. We were picked to win this game by 13 and a half, I think. Um, I, I want to see us cover some of those in regulation. Yeah. All right. My hater is on the NCAA. Okay. Which is easy to do. Why are we, why don't the, why doesn't the men's game have quarters yet? This is stupid. Like it's so dumb that this game, that, that, that the men don't have quarters. The women's game has quarters. The game is so much more smooth. It's, there's so much better flow. They reset the penalty fouls at the end of the quarter where it's five fouls per quarter to get in the bonus it worked out in the Essex favor because I hit free throws last night. There was nobody wants to watch that many free throws. No, nobody wants to watch that many free throws. What are we doing? Like you can still have as many TV timeouts with quarters as you do with, with halves because in the halves you have under 16, under 12, under eight, under four, right? Four TV timeouts where in quarters you can do an under five quarter break under five. And then if a team takes a timeout, then you just then if the team takes a timeout, you just turn that into a TV timeout. And if that doesn't happen, if there's a stop ball under two minutes and a half, then you just take a TV timeout, whatever, not a big deal. You can still get your four timeouts. And at least you're resetting the fouls each time because I I don't want to watch how how many was it? It was we had 34 free throws. 37. 37 free throws. And they had 18. What's 87? Uh, what's 18 plus 37? That's 52. Don't make me do math. I think that's 52. Live recording. <laughs> Something like that. Either way, I don't want to watch that many free throws. Where, why don't we have quarters yet? Men's basketball is 55 free throws. Carly busted out the, the phone calculator. 55 free throws. Men's college basketball is the only league in the world where we play two halves other than rec league, but that doesn't count. Why on earth do we want to watch 55 free throws? I just don't. And it, it was terrible to watch. It was so clunky and gross. And the NCAA needs to fix this immediately. But it's the NCAA, so they're not going to fix anything. It's just I hate it. I hate it. Move us to court. I hate it. Sorry. I did this yesterday at the game, too. Noted. I, I also think <laughs> I, I was racking my brain 
You definitely use this as a hater last season. Because it's true. It's just, it's true. <laughs> I'm just wondering which game it was. It'd be interesting to go back and find it to see. Like, I think this game likely exceeded whatever set you off that time. Um, I just like, it, and it worked out because we went 31 of 37. But like, I don't, I just, as a, as a, as a consumer of a piece of entertainment, I don't want to watch 55 free throws. It's the same reason I don't like James Harden. I don't want to watch free throws. I'm sorry. I just, I, I hate it. I hate it. Fair enough. Ugh, gross. <laughs> One of these days, maybe. Maybe in your lifetime. Not, um, not if we keep going to overtime against teams where should be decently. <laughs> All right. So we'll put that one to bed. Good game. Solid win. Cal's going to beat some people this year. I'll yeah, say that. They got some they're, talent. They're big guy. It was very good. And so was number 20. Yes. Both, um, both Mark good. Madsen, good coach. Awful dancer still, I'm sure. Laker fans know what I'm talking about. But I thought Mark Madsen had a great – again, I thought I was very impressed with their game plan. And Cal's, defi- Cal's definitely going to beat some teams this year. They're not the bottom dwellers they have been in the years past. Yeah, fair enough. All right. So quick turnaround for our Aztecs playing Monday night against Point Loma Nazarene, 7 p.m., Back at Viejas. I know they're ready to get their uh, home court back, our guys. Our friend John Schaefer's on the call. It's on Your View. So Your View has a Roku app. It's also Channel 4 in San Diego on Cox. I don't know what it is on Spectrum down there. I guess we might just have to be back, figure it out. Um, <laughs> wink, wink. Um, all I know about this game, because Ken Palm doesn't even put a projection out because they're not Division One, is after giving up 21 offensive rebounds, I feel bad for whoever's going to play power forward and center in this game because they're about to get a lot of box out. They're about to get the Jaden with the Elijah Saunders experience of boxing out. And for a division two size guy, that doesn't sound enjoyable. No, no, it'll be interesting. I mean, and the reality is sure practice that drive your points home. I really hope these next couple of games are really good for our young guys. Miles Bird. Heidi. Heidi, definitely. B.J. Davis. Get B.J. Davis some time since Charbel's back. B.J. Davis has been, it's pretty much one away. I mean, I'd love to see DeMarche get out there. Um, I thought he could have been, I'm, I'm a little surprised they didn't go to him. I guess they didn't go to him because they didn't even go to Heidi in the second half, really. Other than when Saunders got in a little bit of foul trouble there. Yeah, that uh, was short-lived, though. Yeah, that was like two minutes. Um, but yeah, John Schaefer, have a good call Monday night. Yeah. You're good at you're good at this. I'm I'm glad you get to do it. We appreciate it. We are, you know, as, the non-weeknight game goers. So. You know, and as we as you heard on the Aztec Breakdown podcast, John John is an affinity for play by play. So I'm glad he gets to scratch the itch call back to uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's all right. Basketball. I mean, there's no I mean again, we're not really gonna preview point Loma. They're gonna they're gonna obviously work on rebounding. So let's let's talk a little football. You want to talk a little football? Sure. It's been not the best season. And although the Aztecs season, you know, was overall disappointed, disappointing, at least, you know, the Aztecs went out on a high note last night, beating Fresno 33-18. We got there right before senior night started to see all the guys go out of the tunnel. And for as big of a bummer of this season as it's been, last night was great. It was a good game. It's just like frustrating when you look back on all the close games we had this season. It's like, how is this the one we win? How is it the one? You know, it's like, well, I have in my notes here. Where was this all year? Right. The offense was innovative. Tobin Odell got in to do some weird stuff with Jalen Maiden. The defense was flying around, got an awesome interception. Ratcliffe looked unbelievable. Um, 
you know, they definitely played for Brady Hoke. I, I, you know, obviously he's gotten a lot of flack this season. Some of it deservedly so like, you know, kind of where was this all season again? Uh, but those guys truly, I don't think he gets enough credit for those guys do seemingly really enjoy him despite what a lot of people say. Yeah. I heard there were some former players in attendance last night that have played for Brady Hoke, you know, in the last couple of years that came back for his final game. Um, say what you will. I think he made the classy choice. I think the way he handled this retirement announcement, the timing of it really positioned us to be as competitive as possible in what is now a really kind of saturated head coaching search market. So kudos for that. I mean, the game was a huge relief, really, honestly, for these players. They deserved it, those seniors. They were so excited to go get that can. Those guys were fired up and it was awesome. I watched the video of them sprinting. I was like, is this on fast forward? Like they were hauling over there. Well, let's just talk about the MVP of the real game real quick. Jalen Maiden, 17, 26, 189 yards touchdown. He had 14 carries, 96 yards and a tutty. Just the first person since Kevin O'Connell to lead the team in both passing and rushing. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think he's probably a little bit disappointed in this season. I mean, it was great that we didn't kind of have a contra- quarterback controversy all year, like we have kind of in the last couple, but you know what? The guy plays with a ton of heart and, you know, I'm just, I'm just happy that he came to San Diego state. You know, I'm glad he had this game. Um, it's been a tough season for him. Of course. I mean, I still wish we had more information around, like, I think he had to have been injured mid season in order to see the like dip in production for him as rush- for his rushing yards. Uh, some of the big plays that he was able to make with his legs early in the I mean, season. Look at last night, 70 yard run. I mean, exactly. Where <laughs> was, good. where was that shotgun wishbone look play action to the back with him bootlegging out? I mean, they should have been using that five games ago, but he, to your point, and we've said this cause he limped off the field earlier in the season. Like, he had to have been hurt. I, yeah. I just don't see any other way around it. It was interesting listening to the post game. Uh, they interviewed him and on radio, and he was just talking about his progression in his own mind from his time as a quarterback last year, which obviously was out of desperation. And he jumped in and, and totally, you know, took one for the team, literally. I mean, to he's going to try to be a safety in the NFL, and he put developing as a safety on a year and a half hold for the team. Right. Right. Well, what I was going to say is, you know, he feels, I think like he made a lot of progress as a quarterback this year. And that's maybe not something that's as tangible to the fans, but what he gave credit to is last year, the production that he had maybe on paper was really a kudos to Shavers and Matthews. Exactly. Our wide receiving core. And, you know, this is a new group of guys, some really young wide receivers, and he didn't, he didn't get to kind of rest on that this year. So uh, yeah, great game for him. Just the punctuation point that we needed to start a new era of Aztec football. Yeah. And we'll just see what happens next year. I mean, it's just going to be crazy. Um, let's talk about Marcus Radcliffe, six tackles, one interception. Great pick there, that which segues us into the NIL piece. Yeah. Because, yeah. because Marcus Radcliffe is one, Balen Brooks is another. Yeah. Balen Brooks had a great game too. I mean, we got to support Aztec link. Got to keep these guys around. Uh, we lost five guys last year that got ten figure that got five figure deals. Yep. That's the word. Yeah. I mean, you know, we talk so much about basketball and in how NIL is affected and you see guys getting six figure, you know, multi six figure deals to transfer. And football, 
can't be quite like that. Like, you know, maybe for quarterback, and we always use these, you know, anomalies that are some of these, you know, high-powered quarterback guys. But it's a competitive market. And, you know, if we want to be competitive, making a head coaching change cannot be the only factor because no – head coach is going to be successful if he can't have good players on his team. So we got to keep the guys that we have and, you know, enable him to be effective in this market. Yeah. And just support JR Tolver and Mike Coleman, what they're doing with us. And like, they're doing a great job. Um, They're doing the best with what they've been kind of dealt with. And I think they're doing, you know, they're, they're really trying, they've been put between a rock and a hard place in my opinion, and they're doing the best they can. And I think they've really come out of it on in better shape than where they found it quite frankly. And I mean, editorial journalistic, uh, ethics here. Carly is also helping with Aztec link, but it's just like, we got to get everybody involved. Everybody's doing as best they can, but we got to have the community there as well. Totally. I mean, and the vision for Aztec link is to support all San Diego state student athletes, but football is really important. It's important to the success of you the know, overall athletic department. Exactly. And so starting there made total sense. You know, I think that is the place and talk about a, a tough sell is when you're having a terrible season statistically to try to say like, yeah, this is still important. We still need fans to show up to games. And just as importantly, we need fans to consider the impact that supporting NIL can have in our success at future. So, you know, there's guys like Zyrus Fiaseu, like that's a guy we need on this yes, team. Absolutely. We got to keep it. And he's a great guy. Yeah. Great. These are great kids. And I, I, another like coming back to Brady Hoke, say what you will about how he coached this season. Like he has always been a character guy and you see that in how these last couple of weeks have been handled the import of that to him. And he's even said that in a, the, the limited comments he's made about his successor, you know, wanting to be sure this program is left in the hands of a coach that prioritizes the character of himself and of the players that he develops, you know, from boys to men. JR was talking about that yesterday on pregame. You know, these formidable years for these guys that are coming in at 18 years old, you know, graduating at 22, 23, and how much influence these coaches can have on these young men's lives. Um, it's something that as we talk more about the coaching search, I really hope is a priority for our administration. Yeah. Again, the change was probably necessary at this point in time. I think Brady Hoke agrees, right? He retired, but when he took over in 09, this, this program was in shambles and we've been to 13 straight bowl games. He was the catalyst of that. He came back. I don't think he gets enough credit for the 12 and two season in Carson where they had, you know, all the way 14 away game, 13 away games in a bowl game that year. Um, you know, there, there's, that's, that's hard. That's a hard thing to do. If they went 0 and 14 that season, 0 and 13, like who would have blamed them for <laughs> bussing up to Carson every weekend? Yeah, fair. But got those guys to play. Um, and so I think Brady Hoke's legacy overall will be positive also, even knowing this last year has been a struggle. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. All right. In terms of the coaching search, what are you feeling? What are you thinking? I don't know, man. I mean, the Oregon State shift, I think, changes the landscape a little bit. So there are a lot of big jobs open right now. There's a lot Houston of candidates. Yeah, Houston just popped up. There are a lot of candidates that are kind of cross on the radar. Um, I don't know. I mean, I do think that the fans are demanding some entertainment, shall we say. 
So I will be surprised if they go with one of those tried and true defensive minded coaches like we have so become so accustomed to. I, I'm expecting a shift, but you know, a lot of the candidates' names that have been bubbling so far, the more serious candidates are are not that. So it'll be interesting. Ryan Grubb. That's that's the guy I want. <laughs> Say it now. We'll you see know, what I mean, happens. What he's done with Penix up in Washington, you know. Got the quarterback that he wanted up there. Got him to transfer from Indiana. He's been unbelievable. Probably should win the Heisman. Maybe it'll be the guy from LSU, Jane Daniels. I think that's the guy that would be on the top of my list. Um, Tony White, good choice, but the UCLA job could be opening up. I definitely don't want to retread, though. I don't want a Jimbo Fisher, Chip Kelly type. I used to really want Chip Kelly, but I, I think I, I, I think I'm over that that run right now. Yeah, I think a fresh a fresh face could be good for this team. Um, I heard Brian Harson, the old Auburn and Boise coach, was going very hard at this job. Interesting. I mean, that is one thing I've heard. There's a ton of interest. It's a great job. It's a great location. It's a great recruiting location. So it'll be really interesting to see who emerges more publicly. What, is, what was happening the year when people were like tracking flights to see who oh, might they do be that. interviewing? Oh, they it's do hilarious. That. They do that every year. That, that's, <laughs> a, that's a SEC thing. Like They, uh, they do that every year. Yeah. Haven't heard a lot of action, but what I will say, the few comments that JD has made about this process is that it's going to be fast. And well, the portal opens, the portal opens in like a week and a half. So yeah, I think it's December 4th and, and we're a better job than Oregon state at this point. Agreed. I mean, given the conference situation, like there's way more stability at San Diego state in the mountain West than there is at Oregon state. There just is, um, you know, as even on a building on a strong season with that coaching shift in the conference situation, I, mean, I think their players are going to be bolting. Oh, now that their coach left, that team is going to be 30% of what it, you know, 30% of the people on that team are going to stick around. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. But, you know, the players that are on our team now, the recruits that have committed to San Diego State in the future need to know who is going to be at the helm of this ship. So yep. uh, kudos to JD and squad for uh, moving this process along. I hope we see some resolution quickly. I expect we will. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, he was the athletic director of the year, although people like to say that in jest. He's done a good job. I mean, football's been disappointing, but soccer's been great. Men's basketball's been great. Softball's been great. The athletic department overall is in pretty healthy shape. Just got to get the football team going. And, uh, you know, I trust him to do the job. Well, and, you know, I don't know how many people took the time to listen to his full 28-minute press conference the day after Brady's retirement announcement, but he addressed how they're listening to some of the things that the fans have been speaking about. So whether that be whether ticket prices, whether they're or, inappropriately set or not <laughs> <laughs> ticket prices, you know, stadium environment, et cetera. Like there's a lot of things that are hard to control. I think they are listening. They are trying to respond. Um, not everything is also possible, which is right. tough. And some you can't just be like, on the table. and you can't just go on John and Jim and be like, well, we just can't do that. And these are the 10 reasons why that's not a, that's not a reasonable thing to ask of him to do. Quite frankly, um, he's got more important things of, you know, they're doing, they're doing the best they can with what they got and, um, you know, not getting into the, the current version of the PAC 12 earlier this year really just was a huge kick in the teeth that just made us take 10 steps back. And I, I think we're just still recovering from it. Still some adjustment, but yeah, it'll be interesting. Again, back to this game, I think that the the free ticket giveaway for season ticket holders, smart move. It was, good, t- it was good last night. I mean, for the for the for this season, for how not great it's been all season, it was actually pretty 
It was better than I thought it was going to be. You could tell the sections where they gave the free seats because they were way more full than they had been all season. I appreciated that. People left early, obviously, at San Diego, and, and they were cold. Uh, though the beanie giveaway, I thought, was a good idea, too. So um, I like it when it's cold. It makes it feel more like college football. I like the night games at Snapdragon, too. It's night games at Snapdragon are way Shout out to the grounds crew. The end zones were very cool. I will say, though, we talked about this last night. It looked better on, in pictures than it did in person. It was perfect until it got walked on. And so even by game start, when they did, you know, senior night, families were walking on the end zones. It, it got must pretty quickly. I think I like the red better. Oh, interesting. I know that's probably a contrarian take. I just, I thought it looked cooler in the pictures on social media than it did in person. Yeah. Well, you know. Because you could see the intricacy on the pictures when, if you were just like, because where we sit, you can't really see it. And so we went on a walk around the concourse to go look and you it just, you can't tell the detail and the intricacy of it from, from up there. Yeah. No, that was true. Um, but more people probably saw it on social media than did in person. Sadly. Fair point. So anyways. All right. <laughs> I think door closed on the Brady Hoke era. Door closed on this season. There's some really talented guys I hope we see back. Makai Shaw, some of those really young guys that we also have. You know, Tobin Odell showed some flashes this year. I'd like to see what they could do, although I know a new head coach could bring with them potentially some uh, transfer quarterback candidates. So I'm really looking forward to the next era of Aztec football. I think we have all the ingredients, uh, but we need to keep the fans plugged in. You know, you have to give a new coach some runway too. Um, it's not an easy job. Yeah, agreed. All right, before we get going, anything else we got to plug? We did buzz. So. We did Butler at the buzzer. Support Aztec Link. Support NIL. Yeah. Mesa, everybody. Show up to games. Keep it up. You know, keep, this is keep your eye on the We Believe Network. Just, just keep an eye. Just keep an eye. We're we're, we're so close. We're so close. Working um, on some cool stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah. With that being said, I think that wraps up another edition of the Aztec Breakdown Podcast. Any last words? Go Aztecs. Go Aztecs. on the floor. It's Butler with two seconds. He's got to put it up. And he wins it. He wins it with the jumper. Mitchell's feeling it. Now he's feeling it even more. What it do, Matt Mitchell. Jackal the Flynn for the win. Coast in for the layup. Franklin with two seconds forces the shot. It's good. The Aztecs advance. They've won it on the shot by the player of the year. Miller, he put it behind his back. It's taken away by Butler. Love it up. Love it down. Big finish. Keyshawn Johnson. Now we have tasted it. We're coming back. We're coming back.